This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 55. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and the hostess of the Indie Cruise Retreat and the Maker Mastermind Experience. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I'll introduce you to Paul Chambers of the Gentleman's Box and the Subscription Summit. A few years back, through his web design company, Paul was asked to design a website for a subscription box business. Seeing more than just a website design gig, Paul offered to design the site in exchange for part ownership of the business. Today, the Gentleman's Box reaches thousands of subscribers in several countries with grooming, apparel, and lifestyle supplies for the modern gentleman. In this episode of the Indie Business Podcast, Paul shares details about how the Gentleman's Box works and also offers tips to help you manage a profitable and fun subscription box business. He also shares his event, the Subscription Summit, and why you should go if you're interested in succeeding in your subscription box business. You can find an outline with resource links and show notes for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 55. We'll be back to talk with Paul in a minute. But first, I want to tell you about Maker Mastermind Live, my two-day live event coming up in Boston in June. I am so excited about this. If you're a maker and handmade entrepreneur, join me as I walk you through my indie method approach to entrepreneurship. Four phases, each with 12 steps that build a solid business foundation. We'll enjoy a bit of retail therapy too at Renegade Craft Boston, and we'll also have a full day of hot seat coaching and masterminding the next level of your business success. The early bird expires at the end of this month, and of course, my Indie Business Network members enjoy a hefty discount. Register today at MakerMastermindLive.com. And now, let's talk with Paul Chambers. Chambers from the Subscription Summit and the Gentleman's Box. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm great. Welcome, welcome to Indie Business Podcast. We're thrilled to have you. So, you know, we're going to dive into subscription boxes because everybody wants to know more about them. But first, Paul, I want to just go back a little bit and, and like introduce you to everyone. Can you give us a little bit of your background and what led you to where you are today? Well, I'll give you the short story. And, and thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your podcast. Uh, the, uh, I actually started in the digital marketing website development field 20 years ago and have been very, very fortunate to build a digital marketing and website development company over those last 20 years. Uh, two and a half years ago, I was introduced to an idea from two good friends of mine, Christopher George and John Haji, the idea of Gentleman's Box. And they brought it to me and said, hey, can you help build the website for this idea we have? And I looked at it and I said, you know what, I'd love to, I'd love to help build a website rather than do it in exchange for, for cash and be paid as a normal vendor. I'd love to be a part of this and help you guys even more and uh, became a partner in the company and uh, in exchange for that original development. And the rest from there is history. And we've really worked hard to build that company in the last two and a half years. We'll be coming up on our third year here this fall. 
But with that, we became more and more immersed in the subscription world. We got to meet a lot of great companies that also do subscription boxes, uh, HelloFresh and, and Blue Apron and Bulu Box and Birchbox, all these companies out there. And we started the conversation, where can we, where can we work cl- more closely together? Where can we meet and discuss ideas and things that we're working on? Because we're not competitors, right? We're industry counterparts. How can we help each other? And we came up with the idea for the Subscription Summit, a conference for subscription box companies, and where we can get together, listen to the latest and greatest trends, talk about what's happening out there, and collectively as a whole, grow the industry and keep making it better for everybody. And so that, that's sort of the, the chain of events in the trail that led us to where we are today. So interesting that um, your whole involvement with the gentleman's box, um, I love these sorts of stories because it's almost like you were just there doing something else and then mm-hmm. by accident, so to speak, something else came yeah. along and you noticed an opportunity and you pounced on it. Yeah, it's it's happenstance, right? And I, I always believe that uh, everything happens for a reason. And, and Chris and I had met a few years prior and we tried a couple different things together, a little business ideas and things we had. And, and then one day Gentleman's Box uh, kind of presented itself as John's brainchild and he brought it to Chris and Chris brought it to me. Rest well, is history. And wanna, yes. And I want to talk a little bit about that box because I've been um, looking at all the stuff I would want if I was a gentleman and actually thinking about some gentlemen in my life who might like Ooh. to have that box. Um, but before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, what you credit the rise in popularity of subscription boxes in general to. Cause yes. I read, I read a, um, I read a statistic recently that, um, Subscription boxes generated $5 billion in revenue in 2014, and it's growing at a 200% increase rate every year for the past six years. Right. And, and we're, working, um, we're working hard to continue to quantify a lot of those numbers. We see it as a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, and this really started several years ago with uh, Birchbox was one of the leaders in the industry. And Birchbox started because it wanted to give women an opportunity to buy in a different way than they were previously buying cosmetics and beauty supplies. To get samples to try things before they go out and purchase the full size, full size item, right? Whether it be a mascara or shampoo or lipstick, whatever it may be, they, it would give them uh, women an opportunity to try things before buying. And so that started the subscription box craze, I guess you could call it the, the trend. And the way it's continuing to evolve and grow today is is in a lot of different ways. No longer is it just about sending out samples. It's about helping consumers shop and buy in different ways. And with the gentleman's box, our original idea behind it was men are oftentimes, and, and, and everybody today, is, is too busy to go out and go shopping and, and buy, you know, shop for ties and, and find the matching pocket squares. So what we've done is we've made it easy for them to get a new ensemble every month of uh, socks and the ties and the pocket squares that, that match and give them an outfit because there isn't that time in their day to go out and, and, and pick that out and do that kind of shopping. So we make it easy and provide it at great value. And that was our original intent. But as we look at the, the industry as a whole, there's really a lot of great ways that are being introduced to help consumers with, with their everyday lives. HelloFresh and Blue Apron are great examples of food box, uh, food delivery boxes where you're getting meals that are, are prepped for you and you're ready to you know, open the box and 
and, and have a great dinner in 30 minutes or less. So it's, it's really changing the landscape of how we, how we shop and how we behave. So, so let's unpack this for a second. From what I can see, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm missing anything here, there's basically two types of product-based subscription boxes. One is curated, like you go out and you find a group of complimentary products and you have those in a box. And, and I, I would put the food people in that too because you kind of curate the ingredients and then you send them out like and you, with a recipe. And then the other is a, a subscription-type service that you can buy if you're already enjoying someone's product like if you buy a bar of soap every single month mm -hmm. um, and now you don't have to go back and remember to do that you can buy that on subscription are, are those two broad categories that we can kind of look at as we address the issues that are involved in each or did i miss one or two no i mean those are those are two definitely two very distinct categories that exist in that space right now and we're seeing that continue to expand and grow Okay. Um, you know, taking Dollar Shave Club as uh, the, the latter of the two examples you gave where mm -hmm. you need a new razor every month or every few weeks or new razor blades and, and they fulfilled that need. Uh, just the other day I saw Gillette uh, continue to expand on that and they're focusing on a more text-based operation where you can text in to renew your subscription when you need more razors because we always have our phones in our hand and if I can right. send a quick text message and get more blades, that's awesome. We're doing something similar with Gentleman's Box as well right now. Um, the other area we see is further customization. And you talk about, you know, look at things like Trunk Club and Stitch Fix where they'll send you outfits curated to profiles you fill out. But Birchbox recently is taking that and expanding on that a step further to where it's much more customized to your preferences and your experience and what you want. Because there's so much data behind you know, the feedback you give on boxes and what you're able to tell from your, your buying preferences that further refining that. So as a consumer, you're getting more and more of what you really, really want every single day and, and delivering on that delight and that happiness that comes with receiving that box. Right. And I noticed that at, at your website, you have uh, for groomsmen. So you'll curate a box for a gentleman to give as gifts to his, his groomsmen. Correct. Yep. So we do that as a, as a customized thing. When a groomsman comes to us, he says, you know, I've got, uh, we get a little bit more information. I've got seven, uh, seven people standing up and, uh, we're going to be a, a Navy blue theme and I'd like to spend $50 or so. We're able to customize that further for them and really give a cool experience to their groomsmen for that day. That's really, really great. So, so let's kind of take each of these one at a time. Let's start with the one um, where you already have a product line and you notice that your, your customers are buying this one thing over and over and over again. You want to make it easier for them. For small businesses, Paul, like our, our audience and, and our listeners, as I mentioned to you earlier, they're micro businesses, very, very small. You know, they're not funded, generally speaking. Um, and I know the same principles apply to all you know, subscription boxes, there's some basic principles that everyone has to abide by and follow and appreciate. But for very, very small companies, what are you noticing that's working when, as I said, they already have a product line and they want to create this recurring revenue on one or two of their most popular products? What are you seeing them do well and correctly and what should they avoid? Um, so backing up for just a second on that, the, the, the cool thing is there's really great platforms out there for getting started in the subscription space quickly and easily. Uh, Recharge 
plugs into Shopify. They're a great plugin and in, in tool and utility. Uh, Big Commerce has a great platform. There's one called Crate Joy, which is dedicated to just subscription boxes. And so, for cus- companies to get into the subscription space, space, there's pretty low barrier to entry right now, and you're able to get things out there and get them going. Where we see the most success with companies, and the best thing to really look at is is understanding what your consumers want. And it's not about starting a subscription option or a subscription business just for the sake of getting that recurring revenue or starting it. It's about you know putting something together that will really fulfill a need for your customers. Mm-hmm. That's where we're seeing the most success. And and you know, whether there's some great outdoor hiking uh, gear crates out there, and they're providing things at different levels for different levels of customers. So understanding that there's beginning hikers or there's intermediate or there's more advanced customizing and providing different options to meet those needs is where we we see a lot of the success happening oh that's exciting too and i love the the plug plugins uh that that are available and i'm sure there'll be many more because this is such a hot area um so so what sorts of tips can you share paul to help these very small businesses to do this efficiently and effectively so for example paul i had a subscription box for a grand total of three months Okay, mm-hmm. let me just tell you, I did everything wrong. This was before Crate Joy, so you know it was quite a bit of time <laughs> ago. Um, so I was doing it all myself. And the biggest challenge I had was the packaging. And and because I don't already have a business that I'm making products and selling products, like right. I don't have a shipping room. So for, for someone that already has that, that barrier is removed. Like, they already have a product line that they, you know, see um, an opportunity to deliver to their customers on this basis. What are some of the things that they can do to keep their other costs low, like, um, you know, the, the the packaging and the, you know, the UPS pickups and all those sorts of things? Um, and do you recommend that they include shipping or not? What are some of the things that you can consider in that yeah. evaluation? Yeah, so the very first thing, obviously, is looking at the unit economics behind your subscription box. So what we'll do is um, you, know, you take a look at what it takes to build a good box. And we really recommend anybody who's starting in the subbox space, build out your first five boxes before you do anything else. Before you start marketing it, before you start selling it, build out those first five. You don't necessarily need to actually physically build them and source all the products, but put together an Excel spreadsheet about what you're going to put in there what your costs are, and then, then narrow further down into exactly what all the costs are involved. The box, any printed materials that go inside, the cost to ship it, down to the stickers and the shipping labels that you put on it. You should know down to the penny exactly how much each box is going to cost you. And then you're able to back into your price that you're going to be selling it for. So if your cost is going to be $20 and you want a 50% margin, you need to be selling for $40. And, and, and looking at that will help you better craft a customer experience from the very beginning, and then also um, getting into making sure that you're running a box that's profitable and is successful. Um, then from there is making sure that the experience is complete. Uh, from the box design and, and the way it looks and feels to what goes inside the box, and even the email somebody gets when they join, make sure you have all that mapped out as well. There's some great resources out there to get started with your initial order of boxes, Packlane, is a company we've worked with and, and is uh, great for allowing you to design your box online and order lower quantities. 
because you can't go out. It, it's hard as a startup and somebody who's just investing to buy 5,000 boxes and you have to store them. And, and so get, get your first 100, get your first 200 order. You're going to pay a little bit more, but at least you're not spending all of your capital on having a bunch of boxes sitting there. And the same can be said for everything else that you're working with, too. Such great tips from our guest, Paul Chambers, today. He is one of the founders at the Gentleman's Box and also the host of the Subscription Summit. So, Paul, um, in anticipation of you being on our show and everybody's so excited about it, um, I asked my audience what questions they had for you. So we've got some questions for you from people who are really, really working hard to put this together um, for their own businesses. So... um, what are the best ways that you use to spread the word about your box and subscription boxes in general? Because I, I noticed that subscription box services are very rarely do any kind of traditional advertising. So what, what's the way to get the word out that you see that is most effective? Yeah, and you'll find that traditional advertising is the last channel that they get into. Uh, Dollar Shape Club, Stitch Fix, HelloFresh, they're all great examples of those that have moved into traditional advertising lately because larger budgets and they're able to do it. Um, when we first launched Gentleman's Box, we, I mean, we were, we grinded out and, and we hustled to, to get out there and get the word out. Facebook has been incredibly successful for us, obviously, as well as Instagram. And early on, we really got into influencer marketing and influencer marketing sounds more, it's becoming more and more of a, a buzzword today than, than what it once was. But there's, there can be a lot of benefit to working with the right influencers. Some of them tend to carry very high investments and are harder to work with, but those that are getting just getting started and, and aren't asking for much, even just want a box shipped to them to review, can be extremely beneficial. The other thing we really focused on at Gentleman's Box and we focused on from the very beginning was providing an exceptional customer experience. Mm-hmm. We respond to emails and tickets. We allow people to text us with questions. We integrate that into Zendesk and it's a great tool for us. Um, and, and we get back to people right away as quickly as possible, whether through Facebook messenger or their other channels, because if we can provide them with a great experience, then they'll tell their friends and they'll tell other people. And we, you grow a lot organically that way. So, uh, Facebook, Facebook marketing and and advertising on Facebook and Instagram can work well. And then, uh, it's really just, just having that organic presence and, and getting it out there. If you build a good product, and you truly care about what you're doing, people will share that and they'll spread that message. And so a lot of that is my, my marketing background talking there too. But uh, I truly believe in, in just you know, putting a good product together and then getting it out there in front of people can be extremely effective. Paul, how do you forge the relationships with those influencers that you talk about? Like, do they come to you? Do you go to them? Some combination of the two? It's a combination of the two, and where I knew where we really started to make it with Gentleman's Box is when the influencers started to coming started coming to us, uh, because now we are getting it out there enough to where we were being recognized. But early on, we had to reach out to all the influencers, and even early on, we didn't use your traditional influencers as as they're known today. The um, you know we work with Aaron Marino from Alpha M, um, and he's uh, you see he's a bigger name influencer, but. Early on, we would find the Instagram channels that had millions of followers that you could almost buy an ad placement on, and that helped us get the initial word out. After a while, those channels got saturated, and the followers of those channels had seen enough of us that our sales weren't uh, driving to where they needed to be because we target a customer acquisition cost we need to have, and 
and we make sure we hit that. And so when we didn't see that happening anymore, we backed off of those channels. So knowing and being prepared that channels might be saturated and being ready to move into the next channel or the next influencer is definitely uh, something to keep an eye on and be aware of. But yeah, you, you really just have to search for those influencers in your channel, find them, reach out to them, offer them a box for review, uh, talk to them about what the investment is to have them review it. Uh, know that sometimes there's negotiation in there and you can work deals out or um, ask for the first one at a reduced cost to help get you going. Um, there's really a lot of flexibility. Keeping an eye on that customer acquisition cost, though, being the most important thing. Paul, do you find that your customers naturally share their boxes and their excitement about getting their boxes on their social media outlets, or do you have to ask them to do that? Some people will naturally share it, right? They, they like sharing it. They get excited about sharing it. And then most users, a lot of users also will need that prompting. Uh, some companies uh, like to run promotions and specials. We print a hashtag on the side of all of our boxes. We include uh, challenges in our gentlemen's post. It's a, a mini publication we put inside of our box. Uh, so you know, our challenge uh, during uh, the month of birthday was to get out there and do something good and share it using this hashtag, you know, something good for the earth and share it using this hashtag. That creates awareness for, for us and our, our box as well and is encouraging sharing and, and social connectedness um but yeah you, a lot of times people need prompting we've done promotions in the past where we did giveaways if you share using these hashtags the first hundred people would uh would receive something you have to be careful with that the uh the red bathing suit incident that just happened out there the uh, two young college students that started up a company gave away uh they had a promotion go viral more than they could fulfill so Watching out for things like that, you don't want to get yourself in that trap, but uh, but generally can be a good thing to do. Now, speaking of the gentleman's post, which which I think is so great, like if you guys make sure you go and check them out on Instagram because they have these wonderful graphics that are beautifully branded, like a gentleman's post with like a tip, and I, I love that. But you talked about putting it inside the box. So this is actually one of the questions we got, Paul, in advance. What, in addition to the actual products that people are getting, do you put inside your boxes? Yeah, so we when we first started out, we uh, would include a GQ magazine inside every box. Uh, we now ship GQ magazine separately, and, and that's because there's a lot of weight and cost involved, and logistically just got to be a little bit better for us. Uh, but we also would include a card inside the box. On the front side would explain what the theme of the box was and, and what to expect for the month. On the back side was a list of all the products that were in the box and the values, and would explain more about them. We have since expanded upon that, and we include now, as I mentioned, the gentleman's post inside each box. And our goal and intent there is to provide more uh, definition into the products and, and share with you more about what they are, but also how to use them, how to uh, incorporate them. We put little style guides in there of, you know, this tie can work with this pocket square, this color uh, jacket. And then in, in our goal is to fill the world with more gentlemen. So we'll, we'll include things inside of, uh, you know, gentlemen's tips, or uh, we'll talk about how to plan the perfect date for your significant other, things like that that follow along with our mission and our vision as a company to help 
help make the world uh, filled with more gentlemen and a better place as a whole. I love that you mentioned that too, that it's not just about the products. It's about an overarching way to make the world a better place. And gosh, Mm -hmm. when you can, when you can find that where that sweet spot overlaps, um, no matter what your industry, you're, you're really doing well. So Paul, can you talk a little bit about the churn on subscriptions? Like, you know, I get a subscription box, my credit card expires, or I'm like, you know, I can do without this box for a few months. Like what, what is the expectation in terms of, you know, let's just say a monthly subscription box, you know, people taking it for a few months and leaving. And how do you, you know, handle like the back end office in that regard? Yeah. Um, so admittedly, it's a little bit, a bit tricky and you're always watching what your churn is and, and trying to do different things to help, help keep people excited. Uh, we have we're, we're constantly evaluating what we need to do to um, help make our boxes better, to minimize the reason for why you'd want to cancel, give you different mm-hmm. products or different uh, things to look at. Uh, we'll give the option to pause your subscription. Some companies allow you to skip a month. We've done done things like that. And then also introducing other subscription options. Is there something more you could do in there? So some companies have gone in and introduced other subscription options. Uh, because, yeah, there, there is such a thing as subscriber burnout, right? You get it for a few months, you're like, ah, I, can, I don't really need all these things anymore. I have enough ties. So it's constantly as a subscription box company, continuing to find ways to innovate to help uh, fill that need so that you, you keep your subscribers on for a longer period of time. One of the ways I'm, I'm guessing that you do that, like looking at your website, like you actually give each of these boxes like a personality. Correct. Right. Did you start off that way or is that something that you kind of somebody had an aha moment at some point down the line after you started? Well, luckily for us, we had that aha moment before we shipped our first box. And, and we've done that since the beginning. We've always themed it towards honoring a gentleman or a gentlemanly way. Uh, you know, we've, uh, Father's Day last year, not this past, this one coming up, but last year we honored our favorite father figures in our life. So that, that gentlemanly way. Um, but, but yeah, for us, that was important in finding a theme that kept the box cohesive, had meaning to the box and allowed our, our subscribers to connect with it a little bit more, uh, gives it that personality, creates more excitement in receiving it. You're trying to guess who we're honoring because we don't necessarily call them out directly. It's more of a, a fun thing, a, a game, I guess you could say, to, to figure that out. Uh, so for us, that was something we did early on and I've always loved doing. Paul, what do you suggest that people who want to be in a box, like how do, how do you suggest that people pitch themselves to be in a box? And then obviously to flip that, you as the receiver of those pitches, like what are the biggest turnoffs? <laughs> um, so obviously the, the biggest turnoff is somebody who's not responsive and it, you know, if you follow up with questions, then they'll get back to you. That creates concern. Are they going to be able to get me the product at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we quite often, people reach out to us, they share with us the product that they have that they want to get in the box. We'll almost always ask for a sample because we need to see and feel the product. If this is something we're going to order by the thousands and ship out to our customers. We need to believe in the product and we need to back it before anybody else. We have uh, an exclusive group of users called the Gentleman's Council that have been longtime subscribers of ours and some of our best customers. We send them some of those products, ask them to try it out and make sure that they endorse it. And so then if, if our community likes it and if we like it, we'll include it in our box. 
That's so smart. You have like these little focus groups. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's great because we're able to, it's a way for us to thank them for being great customers too, mm-hmm. because we can, you know, ship them some products to try out. Um, but the other thing that has to work at is the unit economics. It has to be something that we can afford to get into the box. So either if it's a small sample and they can provide it for free, that's ideal. We can get it in there and get it out. Or if it's, it's something that fits within our unit economics, we're able to, to buy it and get it in the box. Wow. And so I, I noticed that your box is, I think it's a 25 or $30 per box if you buy on a monthly basis, but you get $100 worth of products in that box. Correct. So yep. you've got you've got some really good relationships going. What are your tips for people that want to curate a box and developing the kinds of relationships that can result in that kind of a, um, that kind of, a, you know, financial um, incentive? Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing, you know, to point out is when we first started our unit, our, our, the economics of our box were not as strong as they are today. As we've grown, we've been able to amass more buying power and, and do more. And early on, we were less concerned with it being profitable, more concerned with creating that great experience. So we'd spend more to make sure we created that great experience. We weren't running an unprofitable box business, but our margins were much more slim than what they are today. And we did that. It was by design. We knew we would get there eventually. But again, it was focusing on creating that experience and building the right box business. Uh, from that, you know, or obviously buying power expands, but finding the right partnerships. Distribution centers like, like Phil, Ascendia, uh, Fostic, those are great companies that because they fulfill for other box companies, they have great shipping rates and they'll build your boxes and fulfill your boxes for you as well. So we... Early on, we moved to one of those companies. We now do everything in-house, but uh, early on, we moved to one of those companies because we found that based on their buying power with FedEx, they're able to get boxes out the door and build them cheaper than we could buy the shipping alone for ourselves. Uh, so there's the right times to look at doing those types of things and great mm-hmm. ways that you can reduce your costs. Well, that's interesting. It sound, it, correct me if I'm wrong. You, when you first started out, you were doing everything in-house. Then you outsourced mm-hmm. it, and then you brought it back. Correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that cycle, that's an interesting cycle. Why yeah, bring it we, back? Well, for us, it was about controlling our inventory a little bit more and, and being able to touch it and feel it. And that was a personal preference. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard looking on a sheet of paper at what you had as, in far, as far as inventory and then being able to actually see it on a pallet in your warehouse <laughs> were different things. Um, we were able to partner with a great local company uh, that would allow us to help um, a nonprofit organization called STEP that uh, uses uh, mentally and physically handicapped individuals to come in and help do fulfillment. So we're able to fulfill part of our a civic uh, component that we wanted to include uh, as well and part of what we are doing. And then, um, you know, just overall is, is for us, the economics started to work out more in our favor in that direction. Uh, we're, we're constantly reevaluating that. We're constantly looking at, um, are there hybrid solutions we could do? Are there things that we could, uh, you know, does it make more sense to go back to a fulfillment house? And we're, we're always evaluating what makes the most sense, but it truly came down to a personal preference for us at this time. 
That's great. And Paul, before we get to your summit, which I'm so excited to tell everybody about, can you really quickly just kind of walk us through like the, the hats that need to be worn from start to finish in your business to get a box out? <laughs> like, I mean, first you need the guys first you need an actual physical box to put stuff in and then you walk all the way through to promoting it and selling it at the end. Can you tell us what those basic steps are? Yeah. So, um, you know, as I mentioned before, making sure you've got those first five boxes built at least. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the pre-planning, um, putting down and, and planning out those boxes, we call that the curation. Um, from there, it's looking at the unit economics. And so you put on your finance hat, making sure that those numbers work and making sure they're going to uh, be able to be profitable with what you're shipping out the door. Then you have to put on your sourcing hat. And where are you going to get those products from? Where are you going to get your boxes from? Who's going to print your inserts? There's always a lot of great companies out there to work with in these different things. And we have a lot of them at the summit, actually. Mm -hmm. um, once you have that, then you put your marketing hat on and, and you need to build a website, get that up and running. You need to start marketing your products out there, set up your social media channels, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Snapchat, claim those names, get those things ready to go. And then you'll need to go back and put your operations and fulfillment hat on and start building boxes. Get it out there. Get, you know, once people start buying, then you have to start shipping. Uh, and then from there, it's continuous marketing and, and promotion. So you'll, you'll be constantly changing, changing hats. And, and for us with Gentleman's Box, we are fortunate to have a group of co-founders that wore a lot of different could wear a lot of different hats, but we had our buckets. I, <laughs> I, I focused in, in the marketing and, and would help Chris with the unit economics. Chris uh, was a large driver of sourcing and, and, and looking at the dollars and the cents of things and relationships. And John was fulfillment and, and sourcing and delivery there. So we, we cross over into each other's areas. We've worked well together, but we were able to focus as well where needed. And it's, a, it's a lot of steps, but I like the way you summed it up at the end. It's like a little trifecta. Somebody's got to watch the money. Somebody's mm -hmm. got to find the products and develop the relationships with the people that provide them. And somebody's got to deal with the marketing side. Correct. So yep. if you're one, one person out there wearing all the hats, those are your three basic hats um, <laughs> with, with about a million hats underneath it, right, as we all know as entrepreneurs. So Always. Yes, yes. So, Paul, the gentleman's box. So you've also started, I think, just in the past couple of years, right, the subscription summit. Tell us a little bit about that, where it is, when it is, and why should we go if we're interested in this business model? Right. So it was actually about a year ago. We were in San Francisco as a team uh, meeting with some friends out there and, and partners. And as I mentioned early on, we had this idea, you know, hey, let's find a conference we can go to. Couldn't find it. So, all right, we're crazy. We're entrepreneurs. Let's build the conference. Um, and we knew we needed to hold our first one in Detroit because that's where we're based out of. It's close to home. We could touch it, feel it, make sure it's perfect. So we launched our first subscription summit last uh, September 21st and 22nd in Detroit. We had over 200 people in the room, some great sponsors and partners there helping promote it. Uh, Katya Beauchamp, the CEO of Birchbox, came in. Michael Brookham, co-founder and co-CEO of FabFitFun, came in to talk, and a variety of other great box companies. And it was a, a huge success. People really learned a lot. They grew a lot, and the feedback was tremendous. We said, okay, we know we need to host a, another one more centrally located for everybody. Uh, as much as we love Detroit, let's spread it out there and, and get to closer to some other box companies so they could attend. 
So we decided to hold the next one uh, May 31st and June 1st coming up here in Austin, Texas at the Sheraton, uh, downtown Sheraton. We chose Austin because it's a great tech community. Uh, there's a lot of box companies in Texas, so we wanted to be close and accessible for a lot of great box companies out there. And uh, this year we're so fortunate to have uh, one of the co-founders of Loot Crate coming in. Lisa Sugar from Pop Sugar is coming to speak. Uh, the list in the agenda is just so action-packed over the next two days. Uh, the, the sponsors and the partners we have on board are great companies to be working and, and helping those that are starting up all the way up to larger scale operations. Um, and we're, we're really excited for this one. If you can't tell the excitement in my voice, <laughs> um, and, and, and just have a great summit that's coming up here at the end of the month. All right, everyone, the subscription summit.com. I'm on the website right now, taking a look at all these great speakers. Um, Paul, are you speaking? I will be emceeing and making sure the event goes as it should. That's I'm more of the off to the stage kind of guy. Um, but we we have uh, Chris uh, from the Gentleman's Box. He'll be curating and, and uh, running a panel and making sure uh, that we mm -hmm. help get all the box companies answered questions answered out there. Excellent, excellent. And also, everyone, don't forget Father's Day is coming up, right? Gentleman's that Box. Is. Dot com. I'm, I'm on this uh, website now looking at the monthly plan and annual plan. Oh, my goodness. Sunglasses, ties, coffee mugs, uh, socks. Uh, what does a gentleman in your life need? And also, obviously, uh, the information insert about how to be a better gentleman, I guess. Yep. Great, Paul. Well, congratulations to you and your partners on all your success. Um, you know, we need more gentlemen. Gentlemen are great. Um, and we love that you're promoting just that idea, you know, the, the idea of, you know, being different and standing out in this sort of gentlemanly, respectful, respected way. I, I, I love the idea. So gentlemansbox.com, everyone, and all my listeners, the subscription summit.com. Check it out and um, see if you can go. Paul, thank you so much for joining us and sharing so many valuable tips with us today. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed our conversation and um, you know, maybe we can chat again in the future. I'm sure we'll find many more things to talk about. Yes, we might. Might see you in Austin. Take care now. Yep. Yeah, all right. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Paul Chambers of the Gentleman's Box and the Subscription Summit. Let's unpack just a few of the many tips Paul shared. Number one, lay out your boxes first. This is obviously especially important if you're curating your box. Take the guesswork out by creating prototypes first, looking them over, and ironing out all the kinks in advance. Number two, run your numbers. This is so obvious no matter what business you're in. Make sure you have a solid profit margin or a plan to get to one. Now, not everything starts out profitable. We all know that. But Paul said that his margins with the gentleman box, gentleman's box have increased over the years, but things didn't start off uh, that way. They were kind of slim in the beginning. Subscription boxes are so much fun, but losing money over a period of months or years is not. And finally, talk to your customers and other stakeholders. Paul said that the chief way to maximize success with a subscription box is to ask your customers questions. Like, isn't that the case with just about every business there is, right? What do you need? What do you like? What don't you like? What are your desires? What are your pain points? Also, develop relationships with influencers and, and, and set up a focus group of loyal customers who can try your products, 
that are pitched to you in advance and give you feedback before you invest in placing an order for them for the box. Such great tips. Thanks so much, Paul, for all those great ideas. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. This podcast is all about you and the indie business revolution because you are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on your own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. You can catch every episode of the Indie Business Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast streaming app. And of course, you can always find my episodes at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash podcast archive. And if you're listening on iTunes, won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured here. You can also share episodes from my blog at the Indie Business Network blog, which is at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash blog. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.